0: And so uh, we're going to end up in Acts chapter 1 eventually, but I want to just begin uh, today by just, um, uh, I'm going to begin on John 10.10. How many of you know John 10.10? It's a great verse, isn't it? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Isn't that a great verse? Father, help me to preach. Help me to teach your word today. God, help us to learn your word. Help us to receive your word today. Lord give, us, uh, Lord, give us spirits that are open and, that, and minds that are enlightened by your, by your revelation, God, that we might be able to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, that's a wonderful promise that Jesus has given us, where he says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Uh, I like the way the, the Amplify says it. I came that they might, they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Amen? And that's what God has for us. Unfortunately, for many Christians, that's not the life they live. They don't live a full, abundant, overflowing kind of life. It's more like they live an empty, defeated, discouraged kind of life. And, uh, but that's not what God has for us. Amen? In Matthew 5.13, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus says that we're called to be influencers. Amen? We're called to be difference makers, environment changers. Come on, are y'all with me today? Amen. He said, You are light. Listen, light dispels darkness. Salt changes the taste of something. It changes how how, how it is. And, and the Lord's called us to be light and salt to go into the world and to make a difference. Amen. Unfortunately, many times, instead of influencing the world, we're being influenced by the world. And instead of changing our environment, our environment is changing us. Amen. But there's hope for us today. Amen. There's hope for us today that uh, that we as a church and each individual can live the abundant life, can change your environment, can change the world around you. Amen. And our hope is found in John chapter 16 and verse 7 where Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, Jesus promised to send us a helper. That is a helper, the power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of you know that's what he was talking about? It's impossible to live in an abundant, overflowing, victorious life without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that? How many of you agree with that? Say amen. Amen. Today, we're going to kick off a brand new series we're calling The Spirit-Filled Life. And The Spirit-Filled Life, our theme scripture for this series is Ephesians 5.18, where Paul said, Don't get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I like just saying that, be filled with the Spirit. So Paul said, listen, don't get under the influence, don't get intoxicated with, don't get, don't get overcome by the influence of alcohol or wine. But rather, be filled, be intoxicated, be overwhelmed with the spirit of the living God. Amen? Filled means to be flooded or abound or be overwhelmed with the presence of God. And so it's another one of those those present imperative verbs, which means to be constantly filled with the Spirit. In other words, it's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, week-in, week-out, month-in, month-out, year-in, year-out command from the Scripture. Be filled with the Spirit. Amen? How many of you have been like me before where you've gone to an encounter or you've gone to, you've gone through prayer and fasting and you feel filled with the Spirit. And about three days later, you feel empty of the Spirit. Ever been there? Well, Jesus said that we, that, uh, you know, that He was going to send, the Father was going to send the Comforter and He was going to be with us so we can be filled with the Spirit. What does being filled with the Spirit mean? It means to have the Holy Spirit The oil of heaven's anointing poured out from God's throne into your very being. How many of you know that you can have the touch of God on your life? Can I get a witness in church today? You can have the presence of God on your life. Amen. The anointing of God. That's what being filled is all about. And so in John, 1 John 2, 18 and verse 20 John said, little children, you have an anointing from the Holy One and the anointing which you have received from him, it abides in you. The anointing of God its the presence of God, the touch of God. And he said, it abides in you. Come on, how many of you know that we can live with the touch of God on our life? That is great news, amen. We don't have to settle for religion. We don't have to settle with just going to church, standing up, sitting down, saying amen, clapping our hands and all that. But we can have the touch of God on our life. Isn't that exciting? Praise the Lord. Listen, that's what we need today. Amen. It's the touch of God on our life. Amen. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Living the Spirit-filled life is walking in the divine power and ability that comes directly from God. And that's what we need in in today's day and and in this hour. Amen. The Spirit-filled life is a promise from the Father. He says you can live the Spirit-filled life. Consider these statements that Jesus made concerning the promise of the Spirit-filled life. Before his crucifixion, he told them about his about the promise coming. John 14, 16, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth that the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. The word another helper means one exactly like the first one. And and so the Holy Spirit is called to walk alongside us as our helper, our encourager, our encomforter. Amen. He's here to walk alongside. How many of you know Jesus was the first helper? Amen. And he said another helper is coming. Imagine if you had Jesus living at your house. Imagine if you had Jesus at your workplace. Imagine if you had Jesus wherever, whenever you go. That's what he's talking about that. He said it's important that I go. That the helper comes. It's one just like the other. It's the presence of God in our life. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus who is called to to walk alongside of us to encourage us, strengthen us, comfort us, and to minister to us. Amen. The night before Jesus... was was crucified he reminded them again in John sixteen seven, I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come to you but if I go I will send him to you one of the blessings of Jesus dying on the cross was the infilling of the Holy Spirit amen Right after his resurrection, he called the disciples together and then he instructed them in Luke twenty four forty nine, He said, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you and you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Come on, how many of you want to be clothed with power from on high? Jesus equated the promise of the Father to being clothed with the power from on high. Amen? The promise of the Father was the sending of the Holy Spirit upon the earth to indwell every believer. Amen? Jesus emphasized the promise Of the spirit-filled life. He emphasized the certainty of it. In Luke 24, 49, he said, Behold, I am sending forth the promise of our Father. How many of you know if Jesus said he was going to do it? It's done. Amen. Amen. It's done. I am sending. Not maybe or possibly. He said, I am sending forth the promise. He emphasized the priority. Of the promised spirit-filled life. In Acts 1-4. He gathered them together. And he commanded them. Not to leave Jerusalem. But to wait for what the father had promised. Which he said you heard from me. So he said hang on. Make it a priority. Don't leave home without it. Amen. Come on. Don't leave church without it. Amen. Don't live your Christian life without it. You need to be endued with power from on high. He emphasized the experience of the promised Spirit-filled life. In Acts 1 and 5, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus equated the promise of the Lord as being a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Spirit an immersion in the Spirit of God. Amen? That's what the word baptized means. It means to immerse, submerge, or overwhelm with. Amen? And he says the promised baptism of the Holy Spirit is from the Father and it's, dis- it's a distinct experience in the believer's life. Come on, how many of you have that experience already? It's, it's, it's a, it's a noticeable experience. Jesus also emphasized the ability of the promised spirit-filled life. In Acts one Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power, the word there is dunamis, in which we get our word dynamite. How many of you know dynamite is powerful, amen? It breaks hard things. It shatters Big things, amen. And he says, you're going to receive power. It means to receive special ability and miraculous power from God. Let me stop long enough to just say that again. When you get empowered with the Spirit, it's God's supernatural empowerment. And it gives you the ability to do supernatural things, miraculous things that you could never do in your own strength and under your own power. We're talking about power from on high that gives you the ability to do things that you could never, ever do in your own in your own strength. He says you're going to be clothed with power from on high. To be spirit filled means to be, to receive God's special ability and miraculous power. It means to live an abundant, overflowing, victorious life with, with, without Without it, you can't live victorious. You can't live the the life that God wants you to live. You can't change your environment. You're going to be always changed by your environment. You're always going to, your circumstances are always going to dictate your life. God wants you to get in your circumstances and change your circumstances. But the only way you're going to change your circumstances is you got to be endued with power from on high. Amen. How many of you want to? Be endued with power from on high. Amen. The Father made the Spirit filled life available to every believer everywhere. How many of you know that? It's for everybody. It's not for just some. It's for everybody. You know, some refer to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I think it's verse 30. And Paul said, Do all, do all, have the gift of healing. No. Do all pray in tongues? No. And they say, well, it's not for everybody. He was talking about the gifts that are used in the body of Christ during church service. But he said everybody can get baptized with the filling of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Peter, I mean, Paul said himself, I pray in tongues more than you all. He had it and I think he wants you to have it. Amen. Now, let's read the account, the fulfillment. You should be at Acts. We finally got there. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 1, this is, this is the promise coming right here. In Acts 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and resting on each one of them, and they were all Filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. That's the promise right there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This was the fulfillment of what Jesus promised that the Father would send. And many totally misunderstood what was happening at that time. You know, I'm going to read on in verse 5. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, listen... There was a sound. When's the last time you came to church and you heard the sound of the Holy Spirit? Do you know that the Holy Spirit can get so strong that you hear the sound of it? That's what it says. Amen. Amen. And so listen. And when the sound occurred, the crowd gathered together. And they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of them in our own language to which we were born? Uh, Parthians and and Medes and and Eliamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phygeria and and Phygeria. Pamphylia and Egypt and the districts of Libya and Cyrene and visitors from both both Jews and proselytes. Man, there was a bunch of people there. Amen? Verse eleven. Cretans and Arabs. We hear them in our own tongues speaking of the mighty deeds of God. They were praying in tongues and it was in different languages. But listen. You know, some people read that and they say, well, that wasn't tongues, like speaking in tongues. They were, it was, no, no, no. You got, you got to dismiss a lot of scripture to buy into that. How many of you know, praying in tongues is a gift and an experience in the Bible, saints of God. And the church needs it because that's the power of it. And we need to quit being silent about it and start talking about it. If we want to see healings and miracles and changing our environment, we need to embrace the feeling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes, indeed. In verse 12, and it says, they were all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. So the experience of the promised baptism of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost left many amazed, perplexed, bewildered, and mocking. And then some were questioning. They said, what does this mean? And others said, these people are drunk. Listen to them. They're intoxicated. And so Peter, who had denied Christ, who had, who had just didn't have the spine to stand up for Christ, now he pops up and he begins to preach the sermon. In verse 14, Peter, taking a stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel and it shall be in the last days God says that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams even on my bond slaves both men and women I will in those days pour forth my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will grant wonders in the sky above signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wow, isn't that great? Now listen, Peter tells them, listen, you don't understand what's going on, but let me tell you what this is. This is what Jesus said would come whenever he would go. The promise of the Father. And he said, listen, if you go further back, you go to the Old Testament, you go to the old scripture. This is what the prophet Joel said would happen. And he quoted the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour forth of my spirit. How many of you know we are in the last days? And as we get in the last of the last days, I think God's going to pour out his spirit in a greater way. Amen? And so hearing this powerful sermon from from Peter, the people are pierced in their hearts with conviction. And they ask this very penetrating question in verse 37. And then when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? And the people so the people want to know what to do with what they just saw and what they just experienced and the truth they just learned. They want to know what to do. And in Acts 2.38, Peter responds. And he said to them, I'll tell you what you should do. You should repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift. How many of you know it's a gift? It's a gift. Listen, the infilling of the Spirit, it's a gift. It's a gift for every believer, amen? And the gift, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter lays out three steps, which God calls every believer uh, to answer. And these are the three steps. First of all, he says, repent. Step number one, repent. First step to having God work in your life. How many of you know it's repentance? It's whenever you get convicted of your sin that you've been living a sinful life. You repent and say, I need to change my life. Surrender to God. That's the beginning. It's turning from sin to the Savior. And it's the pathway to the new birth. Amen. Jesus said in John 3, 3, I say to you, unless this one is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. You got to have that spiritual birth. Amen. Second step, he said, you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Water baptism is a command of Jesus Christ that must be obeyed by every believer. How many of you know that? Every believer. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Listen, all who obey him in water baptism declare him as Lord of their life. Amen? Amen. So if you've been saved, if you've been born again, you call yourself a Christian and you haven't been water baptized, I encourage you on on February 29th and a couple of Wednesdays, we're going to have a water baptism. And I encourage you to do as Peter said, now that you've repented, be baptized. Amen. Be water baptized. And that's declaring the lordship of Christ. It's declaring the rulership of Christ. It's advertising that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm boldly and, and, and just, uh, and boldly and courageously proclaiming that I'm one of God's servants. Amen. But then he gives him a third step. There's a third step that God calls us to in our spiritual journey. Peter told the crowd, he said, receive then the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, And receive the Holy Spirit. This promised gift to be baptized in the Holy Spirit has been made available to each one one of us since that day. Amen? Since that day of Pentecost, it's been made available to each of us. And so he says, repent, be baptized. And then he says, receive the gift of the Spirit filling. Peter anticipated that down the road and future generations that Christians would wonder... If the same experience that happened at Pentecost would be true and would be available for us today. And I I think he figured, and the Lord knew, that some of us would say, oh, that was a dispensation that has ended. That happened back there. We can't expect signs and wonders anymore. We can't expect the gifts of the Spirit anymore. He knew that some would say, oh, no, that was a one-time thing that was for then, but it's no longer for now. And then Peter follows up those three steps. And in verse 39, to answer that question, he says, for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. That's a powerful verse right there. Amen. Listen, the promise is to all who he calls to himself. How many of you have been called into salvation? The promise is for you. That's what Peter's saying. The word all, all who are far off includes all races, all geographical locations, and all generations. Amen. It's for the Jew and it's for the Gentile. It's for Lafayette and it's for Indonesia and Singapore. Amen. It's for Africa. It's for Scott Dussault. It's for everywhere. Amen. It's for everybody always, all the time. Come on, I'm excited this morning. It's talking about this. I'm talking about the empowerment of the Spirit of God on the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The early church leaders emphasized the importance of being Spirit-filled. The Sumerian account. Remember that in Acts chapter 8. You might flip over there real quick. In Acts chapter 8, as the church began to explode now that they were empowered. By the way, when Peter preached that sermon, then he said, by the way, Jesus that was crucified, that you crucified, this was the Savior. This was the Master. He's the one that can take away the sins of your world. And he preached Jesus to them. And the Bible says 3,000 souls were saved. Listen, I haven't had an altar call yet where 3,000 souls are saved. But you know what? I'm believing for that. I'm believing that I'm going to have an altar call one day and 3,000 souls are going to get saved. Amen. Why? Because the same empowerment that was on Peter is also upon me and upon you. Amen. And so in in Samaria, in the Samarian account, in Acts chapter 8, and verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, notice these Samaritans, they had received the word of God. Now, you know, I equate that to them being saved. They believed the gospel that was preached to them. Amen? And so, and so word got back that they had received the word of God, and then And then, but they had, they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, because he says there, uh, he asked them, uh, um, about the Holy Spirit, and they said, no, we've just been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Peter and John, they weren't satisfied with them just being water baptized. And so Peter and John says, wait a minute, there's another experience for you. And he began laying his hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, it is obvious that this experience of being filled with the Spirit was a separate and a totally different experience from salvation. I mean, you got to do something with the Word to try to dis- discount this thing. These people received the Word. They had been water baptized. Why would they be water baptized if they hadn't received and been saved? And he said, now let us lay our hands on you so that you can get filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you all with me out here? Amen. And notice he laid his hands on them that they might receive. Now listen, there's a lot of people that they stop in their spiritual journey either right after they get saved. They get saved and they think that's it. No, that's not it. The next step is you need to be water baptized. If you hadn't been water water baptized, you need to get with the program. Amen. If If you want to receive the power from on high, do what Peter said. Repent and be baptized. Amen. And then after you're baptized, don't stop there. Come on, get filled with the Spirit. Receive the promise as well. Amen? And that's what happened there in Samaria. Now, they began to lay their hands on them to receive the Spirit. It's interesting. In Mark 16, 17 and 18, Jesus said, These signs will accompany them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, Jesus said, listen, these signs will follow them that believe. Now, I read that and say, Lord, I believe. How many of you believe? I say, Lord, I believe. And Jesus, you said that as a believer, this is what I can expect to follow my life. These signs will follow them that believe. And then he lays it out there. He says, they will cast out demons. Come on. Are you all with me out there? You know, listen, sometimes we 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 shrink back, we're scared of, we we shy away, but Jesus said, how many of you know demons are angels of the devil to try to wreak havoc on the earth and keep people out of the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, I'm going to give you power, and you're going to cast them things out. Amen. Come on, are you with me? Listen, if you don't believe, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you power to cast them out. Amen. They're going to speak with new tongues. Amen. That's what Jesus said would happen. They would pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it won't hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus said the anointing of healing is transferred through the laying on of hands. Why do we pray for people? There's something about it. When believers lay hands on the sick, they recover. Amen. The anointing of God, the Holy Spirit, is transferable through the laying on of hands. Amen. You say, why does people fall out? I don't know totally, but I know this. When the Spirit of God overwhelms you, sometimes there's nothing you got left to do but to just give up. Amen. Oh, come on. Are y'all with me? Listen. Some of you, God's wanting you to lay hands on, on on some of your sick family members so they can be healed. You don't get a, need to get spooky about it and get over religious about it. Say, so you mind if I pray? And just pray, just a prayer of faith, believing for God to do a miracle in their life. Amen. And there's something about it. I mean, I've I've been shocked. I mean, I'll go to pray. You know, last night in the, in the hospital room. We prayed for Debbie. We started praying for Debbie. And the glory of God came in the room. I mean, it was, it was incredible. The doctor came in, walked in, turned around and walked out. And he let us finish praying, which was about 15 minutes. And then he came back in. He said, I just want to respect y'all prayer time. Come on. Are y'all with me? God's presence is real, saints of God. His presence is real. The Ephesus account. In Acts chapter 19, it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, and this is verse Acts 19, 1. it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples. He found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, why would he ask them if they received the Holy Spirit if there was anything else to receive after they'd been saved. Come on, are y'all with me? And they said to him, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So these people hadn't been water baptized yet. And he said, well, let's do that. Amen. And then when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. They were, all, they were in all about 12 men there. Notice the three steps. Paul wasn't content that they were disciples, that they had repented. Paul made sure they were water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then step three, then Paul laid his hands on them that the Holy Spirit would come upon them. And they received the Holy Spirit. And then they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. Come on, you know what? Listen, I believe that God wants to resurface His gifts in the body of Christ. I think God is wanting to release once again the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of faith, the discerning of spirits. Come on. He's wanting to release the prophetic gift, prophesying. Come on, he's wanting to release all his gifts in the body of Christ. The gift of administration. I know some of us know how to administrate, but the gift of administration, the gift of leadership. I believe God is wanting to release the apostolic gift, the prophetic gift, the evangelistic gift, the teaching gift, the pastoral gift in the body of Christ like never before. Why? Because that's how the body of Christ is built up and matured. Amen. And how many of you know we need the body of Christ maturing and growing in the Lord if we're going to reach this world for Christ? Amen. How do you become spirit-filled? Ephesians 5.18 says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Remember, filled means to be flooded, to abound, to be furnished liberally, generously throughout. And it's another verb that means it's a present imperative, which means to constantly and continually be filled with the Spirit. And so what he means there is you can't just come up for prayer, or go to an encounter or a retreat and pray one time in tongues and that's it. No, you need to continually pray in your prayer language. You need to keep praying in your prayer language. Jesus said, it's your power. It's how you're going to be a witness. Amen. Jude 20 says, that's how you're going to build yourself up in your most holy faith. Some of us, our faith is weakened. We don't know whether we believe. Pray in the spirit for an hour. Your faith is going to come back. Amen. Come on. That's the enemy trying to rob you of your salvation, trying to rob you of your confidence in the Lord. And we need to rise up and we need to learn how to do warfare in the spirit. Amen. But here again, you see the three steps. But how do you become spirit-filled? Jesus gives us a clue in Luke's gospel. And we're going to close in Luke 9, 11, 19. He said, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, him who knocks it will be open." Now suppose one of your fathers has asked his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he has asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Those who ask Him. He said, ask, seek not. You know what I believe? The way that you get Spirit-filled is you hunger for it. You thirst for it. You desire it. You know, it's whenever you realize, man, I'm, I'm giving in to temptation at work. I'm listening to those ugly, mean, profane jokes instead of standing up and, and standing up for Christ. I'm Things are coming out of my character that is not good. What do I do about it? I tell you what you need to do. You need a hunger and thirst to be empowered with the spirit of the living God. The spirit of God will give you a new character. Amen. It will give you a new strength in your life and you will be able to go to your workplace and not be changed by your workplace, but change your workplace amen you're going to be light in dark places and you're going to change the environment that you're in it comes by being empowered by the spirit of god ask for it seek for it knock on the heavens door and say lord i'm not content lord i've had a touch but i want more of you amen how many of you want more of him you've heard this story this student went to a rabbi and said I want to have the wisdom that you have, Rabbi. And he said, do you? Yes. Are you sure you want the wisdom? Yes. He said, meet me at the river. Met him at the river. He said, come into the water. The student walked into the water with Rabbi. Rabbi said, close your eyes. The student closed his eyes. He grabbed the student by the head and dunked him on the water. And held him there. For a second, for two seconds. And the student was okay for a few seconds, but then he got very, very nervous, and he decided it's time to get out of the water. And so Rabbi let him up, and as soon as he caught his breath, Rabbi stuck him back under the water and held him for two, three seconds. And the student got very desperate for air, and he let him up, and he did this two, three times, and finally he let the student up, and he said, Rabbi, I told you I want wisdom. Wisdom. I don't want to drown. He said, son, when you desire wisdom, like you just desired air, my son, you will receive wisdom. Can I tell you, when we desire to be spirit filled, like we desire the breath of life. As we desire natural food, I believe that we will be filled to overflowing with the spirit of the living God. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen. Come on, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. How many of you agree we need more of the presence and power of God in the body of Christ? Come on, there's too many people coming in broken and leaving broken. Too many people coming in oppressed and leaving oppressed. Too many marriages broken, coming in, leaving broken. Come on, we need the restoration and the healing power and grace of the living God on our lives. Amen? Do you agree on the body? Listen, it's the power of God. That empowered the church to go to new heights and levels after the day of Pentecost. How many of you are hungry today? How many of you are thirsty today? This sermon series is all about wetting the appetite. Salting the oats and say, come on saints of God. We can't be satisfied with where we are. We can't be satisfied with what we got. We gotta desperately cry out to God. Spend time with God. Take time in our day. Go somewhere by ourselves for lunch. Wake up early before going to work. Find a quiet place after work. Whatever it takes, get alone with God and say, God, I want more of your spirit and more of your presence in my life. Come on. Paul said, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled. Be filled. With the Holy Spirit, Father in heaven, God, we desperately need the filling of your Spirit. We desperately need, God, the empowerment of your Spirit. Lord, you said it was the promise. Lord, you said you would send it. Lord, it's come. Lord, you said it's for everyone. It's for everybody, everywhere, Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would release your anointing. Release your grace. Release your touch in this place today. Stir our hearts, God. Give us a greater hunger. Give us a greater passion. And give us a greater desire to be filled with your Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you just need to receive. You've been saved. You've been water-baptized. Now you just need to open up your life and just receive. I encourage you. Come up for prayer after the service. Get along with God by yourself and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Baptize me with your Clothe me with your spirit, Lord. You know, some of you today, maybe you just need to take that step and get water baptized. I encourage you. Go to the resource center. Sign up. Take that next step. But some of you today, maybe you're not even saved. You're not a Christian yet. You've never repented and today you need to give your life to Christ. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand because that's the greatest prayer, the most powerful prayer that you could ever pray. Just raise it up real high so I can see it because I don't want to leave anybody out today and I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to surrender their life to the Lordship of Christ. I don't see any hands. If you got your hand raised, raise it up high so I can see it. Come on. Are you ready? To live the Spirit-filled life? Are you ready? Hello? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you hungry? Come on, let's pursue God. Amen. Like never before. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for watching over your Word to perform it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray and everybody said, Amen. Amen.